On this episode of Delivering Marketing Joy, we talk with Roger Burnett from Snapsuits about his new venture, being an accidental entrepreneur, and how to build a sales team. Hey there, and welcome to another edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. I am your host, Kirby Hossaman, and I'm excited, excited to have a repeat guest, my buddy Roger Burnett, who's now the, the VP of Sales of a company called Snapsuits, and we're going to hear about that. Roger, thank you so much for taking the time. Third time participant. That's right. That's right. You get you get unlimited high fives now. That's unlimited uh, high fives. Yeah, that's what you want. Yeah, I, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a special reserved seat at the table here pretty soon. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, hey, let's jump into it. Um, as we said, you're in a new venture now, and you know we don't want it to be a commercial, but I'm curious. Tell me about um, Snapsuits. Tell me about that project and what attracted you to it. Okay. Uh, Snapsuits is an online retailer of custom suits, mm -hmm. and the value proposition is built around both speed and price. So customers visiting us at snapsuits.com can order a custom-made suit from us for $250, and it's delivered in 14 days. Wow. So I'd like to think that we are uh, a, a very strong provider in that marketplace, but as far as what attracted me to the business model. Um, it's a lot of things that I really had at this stage of my career, which I'm calling phase six of my career. Which I, I, don't, I don't even know why I picked six, and I can't even really tell you what phase one through five were, but phase six sounded good. But uh, in phase six, you know, it finds me working for a startup, which is something that I've never done before, which is real interesting. Uh, even though we're a suit re retailer, we would tell you that we're a tech company, and we use technology to solve problems elegantly, which is sort of our tagline internally. Mm -hmm. And you know, the the first problem we've solved is this notion of a custom-made suit being a difficult, time-consuming, and expensive process. So we're using a fit algorithm that the founders of the company have cr created in order to be able to allow your average consumer to be able to input information that they do know. Mm. You know, a lot of people don't know what their measurements are, so they, they don't know how to be able to go through the process of making those measurements in, in a way that would make sense. But this FIT algorithm, if you can tell us your height, your weight, your age, and give us a couple other data points, it actually spits out a FIT profile that about 90% of the time is spot on. Hmm. Um, we can do alteration credits and things like that when we don't get it exactly right. The only time we ever screw up is if we make it too small. So we err on the side of too big as opposed to too small. But, you know, so t a technology-based company that really is a disruptor to a supply chain, you know, those of us in the Promo Kitchen community have always been about disruption. And this is a, a prime example of a technology platform serving as a disruptor for a very traditional supply chain. So that was really interesting. And then as the steward of the sales efforts within the organization, I have control over the messaging. I have control over the construction of the sales team and not even just the sales team, but the way that we employ ourselves from a selling perspective is really at my direction. So I have the opportunity to play with a lot of the toys in the sandbox without uh, much interference from anybody else. And this one is even more importantly, I'm the only thing that we sell are suits. 
and custom shirts. So it's not like I'm selling some ancillary product or service to um, an organization that's doing something else. This is what we do on a day in and day out basis. So, and I guess really at the end of the day, you know, if we were thinking about it more philosophically, I'm of the opinion that experiences are more important than things. Mm. And uh, Snapsuits really comes into play on a bride and groom's wedding day, which in many day, you know, is in a lot of ways the most important day of those people's lives. And we have the opportunity to make that experience even more memorable for them in that the groomsmen can be wearing something better than essentially a rented garbage bag. <laughs> I love it. Well, it, okay. That's great. And I, I, it was, that's intriguing. Um, I also recently saw a, a blog post from you um, where I heard you or read that you called yourself an accidental entrepreneur. And it's funny to me because I'd never heard that term, but I've now heard it twice in the last couple months. And so I, I guess from your perspective, I'd be curious to see what do you mean by that? Yeah. And I think happening upon the term accidental entrepreneur was slightly by accident. Uh, <laughs> but, but I guess in my mind, you know, and not to make this a generational discussion, but I'm a Gen Xer, mm -hmm. and I would say that our generation was not raised to think, first and foremost, what might I do for myself? Mm. What, you know, I and, and really the community of people I were raised in, you know, we were still, as the children of baby boomers, we were taught to find a good job with a good company, work there your entire lives, and hope for a pension. And we we know, you know, sort of in 2016 that the opportunity for that is very slim. But I grew up working in corporate America and I mentioned it in the blog post. It really was a, a small twist of fate where instead of being promoted to a general sales manager or, a, you know, a first line sales manager, I accepted a position in a role assigned to teaching emerging technology to our existing sales force, which is great. There was a lot of benefits to doing that. And I can't tell you that I specifically regret having made that decision. But consequently, when you make that choice, what we've seen in corporate America is when things go bad, those are the jobs that are gotten rid of first. Mm -hmm. And had I not made that choice, if I would have made the choice to just become a frontline sales manager, I sincerely doubt that I would be working for a startup today hmm. in the role that I am. I, I suspect that I would still be hopefully now in some executive role within the sales organization of a big corporate entity and maybe would have never even had the opportunity to explore this part of what I may have been capable of. So truly by accident, absolutely 100% by accident. But I would say in retrospect, while it is accidental, I'm grateful that this path has found itself to me as opposed to the other way around. Mm, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. And it it, uh, it is interesting how, uh, you know, sometimes you don't see how it all fits together until you get to where you're going. And so certainly I think I kind of feel that's what your your path has, has been. And so you're in this um, – over the last couple of years, and again, I know this about you've built a couple different sales teams. And so, you know, I think a lot of us, you know, in any or whether it's in our field, whether it's new field, every entrepreneur needs to build a sales team at some point. So what are some lessons that you can sort of share about building a team? 
Yeah, it's a challenge. <laughs> it really is. But, you know, I think I was reflecting on the last time we visited Kirby and we closed that delivering marketing joy with me suggesting to promotional products distributors that if they wanted to continue their business beyond their own efforts, that you really have to learn how to go find millennials to bring some lifeblood into your business. And if you're not able to build a team, unlike what we see, which is I want to recruit away from my competition, uh, salespeople that have a book of business and use that as my way to grow my business. I don't, you know, as this group of distributors ages, that's going to become increasingly more difficult. Right. So for the sustainability of your business, you have to ask yourself, how am I going to bring raw talent into the organization? And to me, you have to be very purposeful and very, um, you have to, you have to, you have to have a plan. You have to, you have to know what you're looking for. You know, for myself, um, by being purposeful, I'm not hiring anyone with any sales experience. Mm-hmm. I, I've hired a, a team full of people that have no sales experience whatsoever. And so in my interviewing, I'm looking for more personality-based traits than I am necessarily skill set. Mm-hmm. Because I do believe that sales is a discipline that can be taught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you have to have the right kind of personality traits in the recipient of the education in order for that to translate into success fast enough for it to make sense to make that investment, which is really the most important thing is the time to revenue for someone who has absolutely no sales experience whatsoever. If it's too long, it can be the death knell of your business because you're making an investment in them. And if you're not getting any return on that investment, you could find yourself in a bit of a dicey situation. So, you know, I'd say a, in being purposeful, think to yourself, are you looking more for skill set or are you looking more for personality? And then as as you look to your existing team, I think what you have to do to a certain extent is you have to consider the candidates, not only from their own ability, but how will they fit into your existing culture? Mm-hmm. And if you can't say with certainty that that person either will buffet your existing culture and make it better and fit in, or somehow bring an element that's missing from your culture in a way that you're looking for, you should just pass on that person Mm. because more of the same isn't necessarily a good thing per se. And especially if you've made the wrong choice, if you've made the wrong choice five times over, now you've, you know, you've, you've multiplied your mistake by five. So I'm looking for personality traits and then I'm looking for how those individuals may bring something new to the overall culture and team so that if indeed I have made that mistake, I haven't exacerbated it so bad that I've completely screwed myself. <laughs> no, that's, a, that's, that's, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I've always thought that, but you know, it's, it's hard, you know I mean? Because again, you do like, sometimes it's, it's easier to bring in somebody with some experience cause you feel like it's a shortcut, but sometimes, you know, shortcut isn't always the best way. So that's, that's great advice, dude. So, um, <laughs> The worst thing you can ever do is have someone tell you that the way you're doing it isn't the way that they're accustomed to doing it. And I liken it in a lot of ways to golf. I'm a self-taught golfer and I'm not very good. So I went to a golf pro for lessons and began 
and hitting the ball very straight. And the golf, to which the golf pro said, see, look at that. And my answer was, but it doesn't feel right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if you knew what you were doing, you wouldn't be here. Right. Uh, right. Okay, so, cool. You, know, you have to be careful in those choices sometimes as a result. No, that's, that's really, really good advice, Raj. All right, man. You've answered my three questions. I gave everybody a chance to ask me one. So fire away, my friend, if you got one. So I'm in sales, so I have to ask you a qualifying question before I ask you the question. Okay. Qualifying question being, given given the date that we're recording this, I'm assuming that you've done and completed your 2017 planning, yes? Yes, I have. Okay. So knowing that, if everything goes according to plan, how will Hossam and Marketing look different this time next year than it does today? Man, that's a real – I like that. That's a good question. This time next year. Okay. Um, let's see, from a financial perspective, my goal is to nearly double. So that will be, I am looking to, um, hiring, um, in addition to adding a, an additional, uh, outside member of the sales team, I'd like to add an additional member of the inside sales team. And, um, we will then, I mean, one of the things that hopefully that will do is uh, take me from doing things that I suck at and uh, start to transition me into doing things I'm better at that quite frankly help our bottom line. So there's some physical differences and then there's some intellectual differences that I think um, that as you're right, I mean, I think the planning makes a big part of that. And for me, once I get that on paper, I, I'm already starting to move toward it. And that's why I think that sometimes this is a very exciting time of year for me because it's like, okay, I'm envisioning the future. Now I get to go make it. And so does that, that answer your question? Yes, sir. Right. And I wish you the best. And I hope to have a chance to be sitting here talking to you again this time next year. And we can find out how it worked. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody write it down, right? All right. Well, cool, man. Right. Thank you so much for taking the time, Roger. I really appreciate it. We'll do it again sometime. Uh, that wraps up another edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching, but wait, can you do me a favor? Please subscribe to my channel. If you haven't done it already, the way to do it's right over here. And hey, if you want to watch the last episode, check that out over here. Again, before you leave, subscribe.